Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RCDS podcast. I'm Anna Feeney, a member of the communications team at the college, and in this episode we'll be talking to one of last year's winners of the Wellbeing Awards, Viking Vets. The Wellbeing Awards were started just a few years ago in a collaboration between the college's Mind Matters Initiative and the Society of Practicing Veterinary Surgeons, or SPIVs. They recognize as practices that go above and beyond in supporting their team and make well-being a priority. Applications are now open for this year's award, so do visit www.wellbeingawards.org.uk for more information. Viking Vets in Bristol was started nearly 20 years ago and has been growing ever since. I started by talking to Maria, co-owner and vet at the practice. I then got a chance to talk with Vicky, who's been a vet at Viking Vets for about 15 years now and in quite the unique situation of moving from full-time to part-time. So can you just talk us a bit through that transition? How did you approach your manager? Were there any complications involved? Um, well, back when I went on maternity leave, I was part of a very little practice, so I didn't really have a manager as such. It was just me and Maria and Andrew and you know the little team that there was there. So obviously they knew I was pregnant and they knew I wanted to come back part-time. And so we just had a chat and worked out what days would be best. Um, and went from there, really. Brilliant. And actually, most of the vets, if not all of them, at the practice right now are part-time. Yeah. So is there a kind of weekly huddle where you figure out week by week, or is that quite a structured system? Um, there's a daily huddle mm. uh, where we go through the cases of the day, and then we work out who's doing what on the next day. But I think I was the, the one who went from part-time to, um, no, from full-time to part-time, kind of first. So that was the, the initial period where because our clients are very very bonded mm. um, and we, we work in a, a very client focused way so we had to make sure that it really really worked going from full-time to part-time so we had things like handover sheets like communication records where you could write down what the problem was what the client was expecting what you've done so far and then you could hand that over physically so I could say to Maria look this is this patient, could you keep an eye on the blood results coming in tomorrow and I've made a chance to check over again in say two days time when I was next back in. And it's about talking to the client in the consulting room and saying, I really want to see you back. I want you to come see me, but I'm part time mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna be here until Friday, is that okay? And then they, they know that most of my clients now I've known since they were puppies or kittens and, and now they're, they're growing up. So they know what days I work and they know that they can't see me every day but they they accept that and, and actually within the whole team now we all adopt that attitude so if I'm going home today I will say to somebody or oh, could you keep an eye out for these results or could you just maybe give so-and-so a ring tomorrow and make sure that everything's okay and then they know that they're seeing me again say in a couple of days time. So it's about building that kind of realistic expectation and open communication with the client at yeah. all steps of the way. Yeah. And so, and what we found quite interesting about your practice is also that um, you said that when you have too many clients, you do actually stop accepting new ones to make sure that everyone yeah. can give their full attention to the existing clients. Have yeah. you had any kind of backlash with that or any difficulties? Um, no, um, the clients were really understanding actually. Mm. Um, yeah, they were absolutely brilliant. And the clients that we did have, when they found out that they were kind of special because not everyone can just come on in. You know, it, I think it made them feel actually nurtured and the fact that we, we wanted to devote our time to the cases that we have got rather than taking on new cases. So yeah, it actually worked really well. 
That's brilliant. And you also have a very strong mentoring program within the mm-hmm. system saying that as soon as you hire someone new, they're given a person that they can go to with any troubles. Yeah. Um, so how is that kind of work in practice? Do you have set meeting times or is it more of a kind of informal lunch break kind of conversation? Um, it's just mm. a approach whenever you like. Mm. Um, but there are structured meetings that that new people have as they come into the the practice so that they, they, they know that they will be having a chance to have a one-on-one sit-down conversation you know at a certain specified time so yeah right and, and how have you found that work because I imagine a lot of vets or vet nurses will join and they won't have had that experience before and um, mm-hmm. we hear a lot about it um, being left to kind of sink or swim in some practices and so and do people get quite involved with the mentoring program quite easily or is there some nervousness about coming forward with problems or about potential mistakes? Um, I don't think mm. there have been any problems so mm. I haven't been assigned a specific mentor-y. <laughs> mentor-y? I, 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 have, I haven't I haven't got yeah. one um, uh, because my caseload is very high and so mm. part of um, the sort of mental health management of me actually is is actually saying to Maria recently I've got an awful lot on at the moment because I'm only here part-time and I've gotten very popular because I've been here for many many years so my caseload was very very high and I was struggling to you know give every single client the attention that they needed within the course of a day so Maria took a couple of things away from me so I didn't have so many pressures on so one of those was I was a, a nursing um, assessor so I had a nursing student and so that was decided that was a pressure that maybe I didn't need because I have other things to do so Marie was very kind at, at sort of managing my work level um, and also blocking out appointments for me so instead of having three hours solid consulting she's scheduled in a, a break so I can just stop and catch up Mm. Um, which has been really useful. So I don't have a mentee <laughs> myself. <laughs> a person. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I know the others do. Mm. Who you're going to be interviewing later? Yeah. Brilliant. And it, you also do have enforced lunch breaks and that kind of thing, don't you? Which, yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Which seems really important for mental health. I mean, we're actually sitting in this lovely summer house and surrounded by grass and a kind of water feature. And I can see that being a very relaxing part of the day if you have to come yeah. out. Yeah, and um, so your practice also did a kind of personality test for everyone. Yeah. And was that done presumably with the theory of helping everyone work together? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, Maria's, Maria's done many personality tests over the years that she's really interested in that area. Mm-hmm. So she's often coming up with, you know, she's been on a course or she's listened to this podcast or that podcast and she's found a paper that, that is interesting. So she might go through different personality tests with us. So I've done many over the years, many, um, but the we latest the one, results. the latest one was brilliant actually because we had an external person come in mm. and she was very much in charge of it, so it, it was it was somebody outside the group that was coming in to do the test with us all and she was really good at, at working out the different personality groups and getting them to realise how the other ones interact and then we, we summarised it all and we have it up in the wall on the nurse's office, oh, just nice. saying who's who's this personality type and who's that personality type how do you like to be dealt with how do you not like to be dealt with but it's helped us to understand that a a red personality who might be quite fiery and quite confrontational in their approach is just doing so because they want to know what's happening now and what do we need to do and you know they just want answers yes no whereas somebody who is say a green personality type 
will not like to be approached in a confrontational way and they would like to have a discussion and you know not to be put on the spot so it's just working out that we all work differently and then the lady who ran it was saying this type and this type so greens and reds generally don't get on well it's very difficult for them to to work together because they're both coming from sort of different angles um, but knowing that means we've been able to modify the way we speak to each other and the way we deal with each other which has been really useful yeah mm, and see that it's not anything personal when you're in a stressful situation and you react according to your personality type yeah not... you can say i'm feeling a bit green right now <laughs> <laughs> or i could say My i think showing. you're feeling a bit red okay yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's, it's a way of instead of saying actually i, I think you're being a bit cross you can say I think you're feeling a bit red aren't you yeah and it just kind of diffuses it so it makes it really easy yeah oh so it's not really a personal thing it's yeah, just it's just, just you yes yeah. yeah well thank you so much for talking to us pleasure thank you pleasure I'm now here with Emily who's a vet nursing student who's actually been at the practice for two years now and has got her finals coming up in about a month so thank you so much for talking to us Emily um, so when you started here, you said you were given a clinical coach to kind of help you through everything. How has that kind of worked practically? Yeah, it's been really great. So we always have meetings um, every week for a couple of hours to go through our nurse in progress log. Um, if I have any worries, um, I can talk to her about that. Um, if she needs to teach me new skills and we can get stuff opened up. Um, I've always felt really supported pretty much from the start as soon as I got here. Um, she's a really great mentor as well, she's well experienced um, and she used to work at big hospitals and things like that so she really knows her stuff which is really good for my training. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine having I mean, that wealth of experience behind you yeah, would be great. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, it's good. And then as a student, I mean inevitably there are going to be a few stumbling blocks and learning processes. Um, how does it feel to come forward and ask questions and, and kind of admit that something might have gone a bit wrong? Or? Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely, I never feel blamed or that I've done obviously I have done something wrong but you're never made to feel bad for that um, everyone always understands um, and really supports you through any times that are tough um, or if something you know it's a bit of a mix-up or a slip-up or if you don't understand something um, and it's always worked out um, with your mentor or just uh, whoever you know another member of the team or the vet that you're working with um, so yeah it's, it's good feel well supported. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there are a lot of kind of structures in place as well. We're reading about how you have um, morbidity meetings um, quite regularly. Yes, yeah. So they are, unfortunately the student nurses um, and not all of the nursing team do attend those, um, but our head nurse and the deputy head nurse, so my mentor, do attend with all the vets um, and they go through anything that might not have gone so well or something they could have done differently. Um, and again, there's no blame, it's just a place where people can open up and say maybe what they wanted to do better. Um, and then if there's anything come from that that we need to know about, then the nurses will sit down in their meetings and talk about it and just make sure that we're all up to date. And if any processes have changed, um, then we can implement those. Yeah, and we're in this kind of beautiful summer house at the moment, and um, we're yes. hearing about how some of the euthanasias are actually done in here, because it is such a kind of calm, separate space. And yeah, it's lovely. Um, um, well, obviously the euthanasia is not mm. so much, but um, it's a lot nicer for the clients to be here, um, away from the busy practice. Um, it also means that they can come, a lot of times they have to, you have to fit in maybe at the end of a... Um, surgery so that it's not so busy but they can come anytime they want um, when they need it to be done um, it's nice and peaceful here we've obviously got the garden as well just in front of us which is lovely um, 
Yeah, and we always offer the clients water and stuff and they say how nice it is down here and just peaceful and calming for them. Mm, yeah, just showing that it, you know how important it is to the clients. Yeah, and it's such a difficult mm. time for them. Anything we can do to make it better for them, then we, we try to do that. Yeah, and actually with the garden here, we're in told how there is actually a big practice-wide party over the weekend. Yes, um, yes. Kind of very versatile place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you guys actually have loads of social events, don't you? Yes, yeah, so we do quite a few every year. Um, there's obviously the big summer barbecue um, and then also the Christmas party, which takes place inside the practice. Um, the prep room sort of becomes a dance floor and the reception <laughs> desk. Yeah, we disco ball from the ceiling. Yeah, and then so we all get involved and it's all decorated um, and then the reception desk becomes a cocktail bar. Um, so there's always four cocktails, but again, we get the choice before the evening of what cocktails we like so it's not good and fair and everyone gets something that they want. Um, and it's, yeah, it's lovely. We all get time to talk to each other. Um, so it's not just about work. Um, you can obviously socialise with everyone. Um, it's nice as well, I think they used to do it out and about, but you don't always get time to speak to everyone. Um, so I think it's nicer that you know we're all here together um, and we can talk and chat. Yeah, and it's basically already comfortable, so you're not Yeah, exactly, you're not, and, yeah, you're not mm. worried about anything. Um, and then we also run, so we'll do a charity event um, every year as well. Um, sadly, one of our nurses passed away, I only met her briefly. Um, so we'll do some charity events towards cancer research. Um, so we'll do a charity run. Um, this year the girls are doing a run, but with obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> so with their dog as well to add. Yeah, I don't know if they can take them actually, but it's, it's not somewhere too far from here. Um, and the clients love it as well. They see the team spirit um, there. And yeah, it's just lovely. Again, just another time to get together. Mm. Yeah, and you also do monthly meetings, don't you, where everyone gets together? And yeah, together. again, it's amazing. Maria mm. cooks our lunch for us, which is great. Oh. <laughs> um, we'll have a nurses meeting and a vets meeting separately. Um, and then we all come together at the end and we all have our food and then we have the practice meeting. So if there's anything from either side that can be brought together or if there's anything you're worried about or not happy with, um, it, it's all discussed and then we try and move forward and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Mm, and you also have what well, we were very intrigued by the Prosecco Award. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've won that once um, for passing mm. exams. So just any time anyone's done something out, not even outstanding or just if they've worked on something, um, there's normally two or three people every month, um, which is nice and you get celebrated for something that you've done. Um, so you definitely feel appreciated and that you sort of deserve something. It's really nice. Well, I hope you win many more. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, so do I. Yes. <laughs> and lots of love for your exams. I'm sure you'll ace them. Thank you very much. Good. Thank you. And we're now here with Lisa, who's another one of the original team of Viking Vets. So you actually started with Maria and her husband 18 years ago. And at the time, um, you're now the, the head nurse. At the time, you were a veterinary nurse, kind of just starting out. How did you find the transition to head veterinary nurse? Um, it was difficult to begin with. It, it was it wasn't obvious to begin with because I was the first one. Then somebody else joined, obviously quite quickly as we grew. Then another nurse came, um, so it was kind of a, a progression, a natural progression where I was kind of a, I'm a leadership type of person anyway. So I was kind of led into being the head nurse without really realizing I was just managing people, managing the rotors, managing the other staff, uh, making sure everyone got breaks and lunches and things. And it just went from there. And the, the bigger we got the more people I had to manage. 
So it was kind of a natural progression and I didn't really have any proper training for it except for other jobs I've done, I've been in that I've done the similar sort of thing mm. and worked my way up the ladder. Um, but then obviously we've got really, really big. So then I had formal training um, on how to be a good leader and stuff like that. But um, it just kind of happened really over the years. You kind of woke up one morning and yes. <laughs> I realised I wasn't treating the animals anymore. I was treating the staff and helping and support them and how to help them to do their job. Absolutely, and, and you imagine that, especially at the practice that's grown as much as this one has, that you get a lot more student vet nurses and vet nurses on board. I mean, how, what kind of advice can you give in terms of bringing them into the team and helping them feel empowered to ask for specific tasks they're interested in or coming to you with problems? It's all about communication. You just say to people, you know, we want you to be happy here. You spend a lot of time in your working job. Um, so it's up to you to make sure that you're happy and if you're not that you can come to me and I have to be approachable um, and if it's obviously a problem they've got with me then they need to be approachable to be, to be approaching Maria, um, sort of my immediate senior. Um, but we have lots of meetings, I have meetings with Maria and I have meetings with my deputy head once a week and we you know, discuss any problems that we might foresee or anything that we've picked up. Um, and then we can sort it out and have meetings with that person if necessary immediately. Um, but I, you know, generally I would say to them that they can come to me at any point, even if I'm busy, if they want to speak to me, I can make time to, to speak to them and sort things out before it comes a problem. Um, mm. So it's all about just communicating and making sure you're approachable, making sure your door's always open and that they, that they know that they can come and talk to you and they're not going to be worried about coming to see you. Mm, and we hear a lot about vet nurses who feel like they're not being pushed to their full potential or not being allowed to use all the skills they've got. And it's great that, I mean, for one, the practice have got a team of cleaners, don't they? So mm -hmm. veterinary nurses are freed up to do what they're actually trained to do. Yeah. But and how do you make sure that they're doing what really, they're really passionate about? We run a rota mm -hmm. here that nurses get to do a, a good fair share of everything. So we have uh, a couple of receptionists that just do the reception work and answer the phones. Um, but then we also have nurses that have, they, they take time on the reception. Uh, they also do nurses clinics. Mm. Um, they do the operations and they also look after the kennels and the, and the inpatients. And that's done on a rotor, so everybody gets a chance to do that. Um, and the vets will quite often admit animals and then give the nurse instructions of what they want to do and then leave two nurses in control of the animal, whether it be taking bloods, putting them on, on a drip, uh, hospitalising them, giving them medication, whatever. So the nurses get to use their nursing qualifications, which they're really happy about. They're not treated like dog's body or kennel maids or cleaners, they're treated as nurses. And that's that's what why this team works so well, because that's what they like to do. So they're really empowered to use their own professional judgment in that way, and they're yep. not being micromanaged. No. Mm -hmm. And then if they've got a problem, then they will either go to the, the senior nurse, myself or Charlotte, or directly to the vet. Oh, it sounds like a wonderful way to run everything. It is. <laughs> it works really well for us. Yeah, well, great evolution from vet nurse to head vet nurse. So, yeah, and congratulations again on winning the Wellbeing Award. It's really Thank fantastic. Very I'm very Thank proud you. of it. I was then joined by Samuel, who's a veterinary nurse here at Viking Vets, and he's been here for about a year. So thanks for joining us, Samuel. No problem. Um, so you've been talking a lot about how you have specific vet nursing clinics within the practice. How does that work in practice? So yeah, mm. works very well. We have certain clinics which sort of incorporate nail clips, anal gowns, sort of routine stuff like that. Um, we've also got if we've got sort of appointments for vets that need blood samples taken, we'll take the the animal out the back first, take the blood get them running and have results back for the vets to sort of then discuss with the client after that point once they get into the consult. Um, so, so we have flea checks, 
wormy checks, um, sort of puppy chats, which are then corresponding with the um, the sort of checks of the vets as well, um, to again just sort of minimise sort of animal stress and the client time waiting things like that. Mm, yeah, so that's and biking vet seems great at creating that real bond with clients. So, yeah. do you often see the same like puppy throughout their lifestyle and life cycle? Sorry. Yeah, so you mm. tend to see um, obviously only been here a year, but there's still puppies mm. that came in at the start, which I've sort of seen come in into practice, and now they're obviously things like you know puppies like Labradors are now nearly fully grown, <laughs> growing um, so into their paws. Exactly. Yeah. So it is quite it's, it's nice to see, um, and it's you know it's a sort of patient continuity as well. Um, mm. And it's just nice to see them going through and knowing that you've kind of helped with the steps along the way. Mm. Yeah, and you said you also do weight watching clinics. Is that sometimes a bit awkward to bring up with the client? Yes. Or? So <laughs> sometimes I think we have a, a nurse that does it, especially here called Chloe. Um, she's sort of does obviously um, clinics based on clients' feedback. Sometimes we get clients re up and say they're worried about weight. Um, we also have post neuter checks. Because obviously one of the sort of effects of nutrients that they can be prone to pop for, to weight gain. Um, so she tends to, we sort of send out um, information to get clients to pop back in just for free appointments, just to check the weight, see how they're getting on, um, and it just might mean cutting down food. Um, if there's anything else from that point, then obviously Chloe will sort of intervene. Um, but yeah, it is like I say, sometimes it is a difficult subject to to bring about conversation, but. Most clients that are here are, are keen for the idea, um, and you know it's all in the animal's best benefits anyway. So yeah, and do you yeah. say they're actually free appointments when yeah. they come in to get their weight checked? That's yeah. brilliant. So we do that, and obviously in terms of like the the weight, we have sort of a weigh and flea flea treatment application clinics as well. Um, so and that's normally every month, mm. so we can actually see along the way how the weight's gaining or staying the same or losing. So we can keep on top of it rather than you know have a whole annual you know booster to booster and then there'll and be a massive change and then yeah you're like ah oh, that's work. about 50 pounds gained yeah <laughs> so we might have to work on that but yeah no it's, yeah it's that's fun. great and in actually imagine having that kind of quantifiable graph must be quite satisfying to a client as well if they can yeah. see the progress being made then it's absolutely and we've got um on our records we've got things we can show them as well like we said with the graph and time scale and most of them when they come in the door even if it's not for Sort of weight watchers, or they're not even worried about pets. Right? They are. It's very. It's quite a nice visual tool they can have to monitor their pet, sort of mm. pets' progress and things like that. Uh, yeah, and we're actually reading how you guys have appraisals about every ninety days or so. I mean, how yeah. did you find that kind of joining the practice a year ago? What did that feel like? Very good. Um, mm. It was. It's nice to know because it sort of started off when I first started. Um, we had sort of. I had like a, you know a weeks chat for about four weeks just because obviously it's kind of getting in, sort of gelling to the team and getting to know how things work. Because it's quite, compared to where I worked before, it's quite a big practice. And it's amazing how, you know, it's amazing how how many things are different. Mm. But it's just simple things as to where um, sort of equipment's kept. Um, and obviously just how the flow works. Um, but yeah, so we have sort of weekly chats up until a month and then we have kind of monthly appraisals then which basically just go through sort of what what they're happy with, what I'm happy with, um, if there's anything that I wanted to bring up, um, you know, if I had any things I was struggling with or anything like that. Um, and then it kind of goes on to 
any roles that I want to take on. So if they have sort of a job description, which obviously veterinary nurse, but then we have different sort of delegated jobs beneath that. Um, so I do a lot with x-rays and things like that, things like that which is just a, a, I enjoy doing them. So it's something that I've put myself forward for. Um, and yeah, it's basically gives us an opportunity to kind of add or take away from that list or just adjust it depending on how we're doing. Um, so yeah, it just helps, which then helps the team ethic and everyone's That's happier because we can, you know, take something off of someone and give it to another person. So. Oh, right. So vet nurses can say, like, I'm really keen on this particular aspect. Can I do yeah. more of that? And yeah. it can be really built in. Yeah. That's really brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about no this. No problem. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed hearing this series of interviews and do remember to visit www.vetwellbeingawards.org.uk for more ideas or to enter in this year's Wellbeing Awards.